Loshen of they're coming to Mitzrayim. They already came to Mitzrayim. What's the Loshen? They, they, they're coming to Mitzrayim. So the Maish said, it's almost like a person who goes to Chutzlaretz. <coughs> he goes to Chutzlaretz and the first time he goes, the first few days that he's there, he's all machazik himself. I'm not, I'm not looking at any newspapers. I'm not watching anything that I shouldn't. The billboards. You know, all sorts of things. He's, he's very, very strong. He's stark in his, in his, you know, in his everything that he is. Because he came back from Yeshiva. And then slowly but surely... Sort of opens up things that he was never doing before. Slowly but surely, by the time already the third week, the white shirts are already off, and who knows all other things that are already going. And then it's exactly what's going on over here in Kalisrol. Kalisrol are coming to Mitzrayim. It's a gavaldig site that Kolzman that were in Mitzrayim. They were trying to machazit themselves as if they were just coming right then, as still as if it was fresh in their mind that they were still there, even though they were there for many, many years, as you know, hundreds of years. But still, they were machazit themselves, and every time that they possibly could have done, as the lotion of the pasuk is haboyim that they're coming the whole time. Now, I want to point out to you some gavaldig yisodis. There's some really yisodis, especially in the Rachaim Hakadosh this week, that tells us some of the really beautiful things that was going on over here. So we'll start like this. The First thing we'll mention is like this. The Pasuk says in Perik Allah Pasuk Vav Yomas Yosef Yosef um died Vachalecha Vachaladora Hu Vne Yisrael Poru the Yishritsu the Yirbu the Yatsmu Bamaoid Maoid Batimole Horitz Oisom. And the land was filled with Klal Yisrael that were getting bigger, they were multiplying. We'll see in a minute exactly how they made their Shkhajboinus. But we'll start number one with the Hemekdava with the Nitziv. The Nitziv says, What's the smichas? What's the What's the closeness from Posig Vov to Posig Zion with Evatimala Horitz Oisam? And then the next Posig, Posig Hesva Yokom Melech Chodosh Al Mitzrayim, which we'll get to Eshelayodas Yosef, which we'll speak about, asks the Nitziv and Emekdova, what is the closeness? What's the, uh, what's going on over here? Explains the Nitziv like this. He says, you have to understand that this is a very, very big Yesoid. He said it's exactly when Klal Yisrael became so populated and they became part, integrated in the community, integrated into the nation of the Egyptians. They associated themselves with the Mitzrim. That's when Vayakom Melech Chodosh. And that's a Gavaldig Yisrael, the Chodosh says the same idea as well. And that is, as this then Siv, and that is, it's when Klal Yisrael see themselves as the Goyim, and want to become part of the Goyim, part of the culture, blend in with the Goyisha culture, with the Goyim. That's when Vayakam Melech makes new Xeris and Klal Yisrael against Klal Yisrael. And that's when we see all the anti Semitism as well. Xi Jinping also brings down as well the same idea. You see this cross the board that when Klal Yisrael start becoming part of the Goyim, start wanting to dress like the Goyim, act like the Goyim, talk like the Goyim, that's when all of a sudden the Goyim hate us, and that's when all the problems begin. That's Vayakam Melech. That's the comparison, that's the closeness, that's what's going on here in the Torah. Now, what's very, very interesting to note is how we already said that Yosef at Tzaddik died last week. We said this already in Sefer Bereshis. The last week's parish of Eichir, we said Yosef died. Why are we mentioning it here again? What's the pshat? The boys say, a gewaldig Yosef, the Pachad Yitzchak with Hutna. With Hutna Zatzal and Pachad Yitzchak explains such an unbelievable Yosef. He says that Yosef had Sadiq had to be mentioned in this week's parish. 
The parashat had to be mentioned in Sefer Shemois. Unbelievable thing. He says, what's the reason? He says, because this is the Sefer... They, we know that the lives of the obvious Sagdoshim, that the eyes, the, all the lives are in Sefer Bereshis. Right? The lives of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov are in Sefer Bereshis. And therefore, we wanted Yosef, really, it should have been over here. Really, Yosef dying should have been in this week's parasha, but we had to specifically mention it also in Sefer Bereshis, which belongs to the obvious, belongs to Avram, and Yitzhak, and Yaakov. What's the reason? Because we know, Maisa Ovas, Simena Bonim, the Ramban, we said many, many times in the last few weeks. Maisa Ovas, Simena Bonim means Whatever happened to the Ovis happens to us. Therefore, says Rafunim Pachad Yitzchak, we wanted specifically Yosef Atzadik to be mentioned in Sefer Bereshish, which is the Sefer of Ovis. Why? Maisa Ovis, similar Bonim, whatever happens to our Ovis happens to us. And Yosef Atzadik, as we know, managed to resist all temptation of Inyone Arayas with Ashish and Paitifa. He was given that strength. He managed to overcome himself. He said, no, I'm not going to do something which everyone else in Mitzrayim was doing and it was almost the norm to do. I'm going to overpower myself and I'm not going to do it. Therefore, we specifically, says Rufutna, mentioned Yosef Asadik and Sefer Bereshis so that we would have in all future generations this Maisa of Simon Abonim. We too can overpower. We too can say no to that Yetzirah. We too can say that we have that Kayach. Because Yosef HaTzadik was mentioned in the Sefer Bereshis, he's included in this Sefer Avos, Maisa Avos Simen Abonim, and therefore we're going to take all questions today later, simply because there is a tremendous amount to do, and I don't want to, uh, I don't want to be able to, uh, to delay on that. Rabbi I want to tell you another Gavaldigizach. You know, Rashi says, in Posik Zayn, very interesting Rashi. Mr. you went through the Rashi and you're probably bothered by this Rashi. I imagine where he brings a Medrash that when it says V'yishritsu, it says V'yishritsu, what does it mean? So Rashi brings a Medrash, Shahoyo Yoldus Shisho Bekeros Echot. They had six in a go. No, uh, what, what does that mean? Okay, so it's a Medrash you could say, but I don't understand it on a posher level. So an Apikoris once came to Blazer Gordon, Blazer Gordon was the Shiva of Tells, and Apikoris once came to him with this Rashi. And he said, Rabbi, really? Six in one go? Uh, it's a little bit of an exaggeration. What's Pshat? Rashi's bringing it down. It's like it's a, a medrash. Rashi's bringing it down to explain Pshat in this week's parasha, on this word. What does it mean? What's the Pshat? Listen to what he said. Gavaldi Gazach. He made a cheshman in mathematics like this. He said, we know that when they came out of Mitzrayim, there were 600,000 males between 20, the age of 20 and 60. Okay? There were 600,000 males between the age of 20 and 60. What about the kids who are from 0 to 20? What about the adults who are from, you know, 60 and above? What about the women? You know, there are so many other people as well that it doesn't say. Okay, so let's agree. Double it. We can double it. Say that. We can, we can double it, no problem. 1 million, 200,000, whatever. At least males, for sure. Even because we got 0 to 20 and then from 60 all the way above, right? So this is what's going on. Look in Bamidbar. How many male firstborns were there? There were 22,000 Bechayim, right? 22,000 firstborns, right? Out of, uh, of 1,200,000 males in total. So if you work out the math, it comes out that every family had to have an average 
of 54 members in that, but you thought your families were big, but they had an average of 54 members in their family, right? Because 22,000 in, in, in 1,200,000. Chazal understood that a woman, it's impossible to have 54 separate births, Prashant, in age-wise, it wasn't Shaykh. Mimele, they made a Cheshman, 9 times 6, they figured out must be 6 every single time. No, just to understand what I say, the godless of a Rashi and a Medrash in a Cheshman. Zosh, take Rebleza, Gordon, the Rashiva of Tells to understand that you cite. Okay, let's go back to a puzzle we mentioned a moment ago. You got that Cheshman? Beautiful. So Rashi brings the Gemara in Saita, Avada, he knew him, it wasn't a new king, but Ki'ilu, he made himself that he didn't know Yosef, and we all know, if he was Kaifa in the Toiv of a friend, he was Kaifa, he basically didn't recognize the Toiv that Yosef had suddenly brought down to Mitzrayim, is Ki'ilu Kaifa, will eventually be Kaifa in the Toiv of Hashem, and it's a big Yosef for us, because if we want to give our chorus to the Rabban Shem, and I'm sure all of us do, we, we, we realize the godliness of what Rabban Shem gives to our lives. <coughs> so basically, we want to make sure that we give to the Rabban Shem. So then Chazal tell us the way to do it is to have our chorus to somebody else. Have our chorus to your fellow person, but not on the Chaveroi, and then you'll eventually have our chorus to the Rabban Shem. Now, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky is a Mordekashtikal and Emesli Yaakov over here on this Pasuk. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, and, and, and I want to mention this only because sometimes, you know, we grew up in a certain way with all these psukim. We all know this, you know, when it gets to Vayikov, it gets a little bit complicated. Preparations in Shemois is pretty much what we grew up with. We know all the different Torah. We know the storyline. It's pretty obvious, you know, Paramixeras, and Kalisot went into, you know, the whole thing of the morrow, and it starts off sweet, and then it went bitter, because that's what happened, the Kalisot, the Seder. Sometimes if you take a step back when you get a bit older, and you think to yourself, hold on a second, is it really the way I learned it as a kid? So Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky this week does exactly that. It's absolutely beautiful in Emerson Yaakov. He says, what is the pshat that Para is doing this? Why would Para make Zeras? Again, we're going with at least the Shita of Rashi brings in the Gemara and the Saita, which means for the same king, wasn't a new king, he just made new Zeras because he forgot about him. Why in the Maisa is Para doing this to the to Kalali's role? He's causing Kalali's role to become, Avodah to become slaves. Now, if you think about it for a moment, and I'm going to explain this to you, Para is the Maisa right. He's correct. He's absolutely correct in what he does. Why? Let's think for a moment what happened. What, what's going on right now? Yosef said he came in. Right? We had this a few weeks ago. And there was no food. There was a famine. So Yosef said, don't worry about it. We're going to start storing all the food and we'll sell it slowly to everyone. And the Egyptians, the people of the, of the land, the Egyptians come in and they buy, they always have to buy food from the king of the land, from Yosef, from Paro. That's how it went over there. <coughs> Until Chazal tell us what eventually happened when they, when, when, you know, when they had their money, they sold their properties. They sold whatever they had in order to eat, to get food. So it came out to a situation that basically they owned nothing. Paroi, the ruler of the land, owned everything. So here you've got Egyptians who are natives of the land. We grew up here. This is our country. We own nothing. The king owns everything of ours. We're basically slaves in our own land. And there's one nation that's on holiday. There's one nation that's having a free, a free lunch. The Jews. <laughs> they're fine. They've got no problem. They're living free. They don't have to do anything. They're not paying taxes. What's going on? Right? This is what's going on. Says Paro, any normal king would want to look after his subjects before he looked after, after other people. And yet it seems that he's looking after the Jews more than he's looking after the Egyptians. 
So any normal ruler will do what Par is doing and say, equal rights. We're not doing anything more to the Jews than the, than the Egyptians. We just want everyone to be equal. Just like they're, they're, they're selling all their land. Basically they own nothing. You're going to be the same thing. You're going to start working the land as well. And therefore what Par did, says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, is what any king would do. So why, what, what's the big thing that Paris is doing? Making new Xavier's to Klanisol. Beautiful idea to understand it. Again, we can explain it obviously in a lot more detail. But just to give you the idea of what he says. So Biakir Kamenetsky answers that Enochanami, it could be Lefi that he's not such a Russia. But the Emiss is not that way. The Emiss is because of his midas that we see, he is a Russia. Because Enochanami, there's a, there's a nation out there that is not working and not subject like all the Egyptians are. But think for a moment who this nation is. This nation is a nation that caused you to become the most powerful nation in the world. This nation is what brought you to where you are today. If you would for a moment think that this is the nation that caused me to become so wealthy and powerful and known and famous, then you know what? Leave them alone. It's okay. Yeah, I understand. But Lemaisa, at the end of the day, they deserve it. But no. He had no Akkoresatoyv, it meant nothing to him, and because of that, says Rabbi Yaakov, that's the reason why Paroi is considered to be uh, such a bad person. Now the Torah says in the next Pasuk, right, which means basically we have to deal wisely with them, we have to basically, we have to deal with them, we have to figure out how to deal with them, what's going on, they're becoming bigger than us. So we know that the Gemara in Soti Aleph tells us that Paroi consulted with three of his top advisors about what should he do to this nation. Bilam, Eiv, and Yisrael, who eventually we know was the father-in-law of Moshe Rabbeinu. Now, Bilam came along and he gave, you know, some kind of interesting advice, bad advice, and he was eventually killed. Eiv, famously, for those of you that learnt Nach, remained silent, and he was punished with tremendous amount of pain, tsar, suffering, and Yisrael ran away. And he was Zoycha that his children would sit on the Sanhedrin. Now the question is, go, go to the middle, go to Eve. He was silent. What did he do wrong? He didn't offer anything. So Bersayda understand, Bilam, bad advice. Yisroi ran away and that was Gavaldi. Oh, but Bilam didn't say anything. Right? What's the pshat? I mean, Eve, sorry. Eve didn't say anything. Eve didn't say what? He was silent. And because they was punished with tremendous suffering, says the Briskorov, you know why? I'll tell you. Because he decided on his own, there's no reason for me to shout, scream, and cry. Because it's not going to do anything anyway. So what am I going to say to Paro? No, don't do it. You're crazy. You're mad. Eh, he's not going to listen to me anyway. Because of everyone else's advice. So therefore, I'm not going to say anything. said, Ah, crying means nothing to you? So I'm going to give you pain and suffering. When you know if a person has pain, he cries out, but it doesn't help him. <coughs> Crying doesn't heal you. It doesn't help you in any way, but you do it anyway. And that's what the Rabbani Shalom Biskov was, was explaining to Eov. That sometimes, if you, don't, if, you, if you feel something, you'll cry, even if it means nothing to you. Even if, Lamaisi, it's not going to work, because you do it anyway. Rabbi said this is the most unbelievable Orachayim HaKadosh on this Pasuk. The Orachayim HaKadosh, and this week's parasha in general, is, is incredible. But the Rechaim HaKadosh over here says a beautiful thing. And he says like this. I'll give you two shotim of the Rechaim HaKadosh over here in Pasuk Yud. He says, Gavaldik. He says, Mamish, 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 amazing. He says, what does it mean, Penirbe? What does it mean? The Pasuk says, Hoven Yitzchak Moloi, Penirbe. They're going to increase. You just told us a minute ago they're bigger than us. You just told us a minute ago that Klal are bigger than anybody else. If they're bigger than anybody else, why does it say in the next Pasuk, Penirbe, maybe they're going to get more, maybe they're going to increase. What's the pshat? Says Darachaim Akodesh Gavaldik. 
Yidin are very different to the other nations of the world. Yidin are very different. Other nations of the world are a mixture of various nations put together. Yidin stay within themselves. And therefore, whenever you fight a war, we know it's not just about the numbers. It's about achtas. If the soldiers are really close to each other, and they look out for each other, and they're working well as a team, that is more powerful than any numbers of another army. Because when the soldiers are working together, they have the biggest koyach, the most power. Says the Orachayim HaKadosh over here. That's what's going on over here. What's going on over here is that they understood that Klal Yisrael were different. They understood that Klal Yisrael worked together as a team. They looked out for one another. And yes, we're bigger in numbers, but pen yirba means that they're going to get together. They're going to increase in their achdus, in their responsibility one for the other, and that is going to be harder to, to, to be able to defeat. Because that achdus that Klal Yisrael have is more powerful than anything. So Dorach HaMakodesh, that is what the Egyptians were scared of. Nebaisai, think about it for a moment. That is what all the other nations should be scared of as well. When we have that achdus, and we look out one for the other, and we care about somebody else, that is our biggest kind. He continues as well. The Rachaim Hakadosh says another pshat. He says an amazing thing. He said, "Power over here wanted to let everyone know if they came complaining. How can you turn these people into slaves? What's going on? How can you do this?" So Power would say that again. This is going on the other sheet that it wasn't him. That my Zayda said that these people are not only here in this number, they're also here because they came to us for help. They came with 70 people originally. We know that in Sefer Barathees, that we're told that they came only with 70, and now, what's going on over here? They're multiplying over here. They owe us something, because we built them up. They lived in our places, they went on our roads, they went lived in our houses. These people owe us something. Right? That's what Paros is basically explaining. Pen is, says Dorchaim HaKadosh, he's explaining the reason why that power is going to make them into slaves is because they owe us some, they owe us something. They owe us a chorus and that is the reason over there. So let's move on. Ay, Gavaldik. Just before Perik base, the Torah says, "Ve'itzab paru lechalama leimu kol aben hayilud hayorot hashlichu v'chalabas tchayun." We know that paru made a terrible gzera, and all of the males, I got the stipler and birchas peretz, is all your soid, which we're not going into now. He brings the gemara and soited off your base that explains the gavul de gazach, and he says that we know that because of this gzera, that's how Moshe Rabbeinu was saved. Absolutely, if you think about it, it's amazing. That Parah made the Gzeira that they should have be thrown all the males into the sea, which is exactly what happened to Moshe Rabbeinu. They had to go. He was surrounded by a cradle and a, some kind of netting. He was going some kind of basket. That's true. But he was thrown into the Yar only because of this Gzeira. And he was saved because of that. And he brought up in the house of Parah because of that. Says the stipend of Valdegi Yisoyed. Again, he brings a whole shtickle of it, which I'm not going into with Kamarais to Miklesesta also. But he says, how much we have to realize that Ashkocha Protis rules our lives. We don't realize that everything is ruled by the Rabbani Shalom and we think this happens because of this and that happens as a result of that. No, everything happens because the Rabbani Shalom wanted it to happen. The reason that Moshe Rabbeinu was saved was because of the Gzeira. The Gzeira that Pharaoh made in order to destroy Moshe was ultimately what kept him alive and that's the statement. It's a chizik for us in our own lives. That whenever something happens, we have to realize it's all because the Rebunshan was going through it to happen. I want to tell you another unbelievable Yusuf Rabbi Yusai. Oh, there's so much in this week's parish. They're highly Gemaral and Gwarying. The Maral says like this. Now, we know on this week's, on, on the posse that I just read to you right now, what happened. 
Why did he say to do that? Why did Parah make such a gzera? Because the astronomers, the people who are busy with astrology, they saw Epis, something was going on, and they saw that, they, they saw something, but they were very confused. They saw that he's going to be struck by water, which we know wasn't the water over here, it was the water much later on when he hit the rock, but that's already older for the Zogia. But they couldn't see the present. In other words, they saw the future, but they couldn't see the present. Now, us, says the Maral, what's the Pshat? They were able to see the future, they weren't able to see now, and that caused the whole confusion. Mapshat, says the Maral, unbelievable. Says the Maral, they were able to see in the stars that the Savior of Kalari Soul were born, but they didn't know now, they didn't know when it was. Is he a Mitzri or is he a Hoodie? Simply because at the end of the day he was born to Yechebed, but he was brought up in the house of Parai. So they were confused with that situation. Says the Ma'al, I want to explain to you what the confusion was. What was this confusion? They seem to know something and they just missed that one point. It doesn't make sense. So Ma'al explains like this. He says the confusion was, you know, the Bas Parai, right? The Parai's daughter brought him up. And Moshe Rabbeinu in Divrei Hayomim is known. He's referred to in Divrei Hayomim in the Torah as Bas Parai. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu was referred to in Divrei Yamin. Bas Parah, the daughter, the, right, the son of Bas, the, 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 the daughter of Parah. She, the Maisa, brought him up, right? This was the, exactly their confusion. Because they couldn't walk out, was, they couldn't work out, was he born from a Yid? Or was he born from a Goy? Why? Because, very important word, says the Marel. Because Divrei Yamin refers to him as Bas Parah, that was their confusion, says the Marel, unbelievable. We know that Istakal Baraisa Bara Alma, the Rabbi when he created the world, created the world by looking at the Torah. The Rabbi looked at the Torah, Kaviyachu, and created the world. The astronomers looked into the world and they found the Torah. And when they looked into the world, they found the Torah, and the Torah refers to Moshe <coughs> as Bas. Bas Paro, Bas whatever, Bas Paro, you know, Bas Ben Bas Paro, whatever. And therefore, because of that, it was an unbelievable, that was their confusion. Again, unbelievable thing. The Rabbanishim looked at the Torah and created the world. They, they looked into the world and they saw the Torah. And that was exactly their confusion. That's an unbelievable thing. That everything in the Torah isn't just a book of stories and a book of history. It's the, it's the blueprint of the world. If you want to see how the Rabbanishim created this world, here it is. It's right over here in the Chomesh. It's right here in the Chazal. It's all over the Torah. Unbelievable, unbelievable ideas, says the Maran. Again, we could go on and on and explain so many more things, but I'm just trying to pinpoint various big Yisaitis that we have in this expansion. Just for a couple more. And then I let you guys go. I know it's a Friday morning. It's hard. But you guys are getting... You don't understand what's going on in Shemayim right now. In Shemayim, it's a Friday morning. All them are sleeping. You know, in America, obviously. No, no, no. It's Israel. And people are sleeping. And you guys are sitting, listening to a Shea. It's a Gavaldi, Gavaldi, Gavaldi. Um, a couple of other things as well. Perik Dalit. Perik Dalit. Pasuk Yod Ches. Right? Vayelech Moshe. He went to Yisrael, the Shveh. He said to his father, listen, I need to go. I need to go and basically bring out Klal Yisrael. I need to take them to Hasinai. I need to go and give them the Torah. I've got a lot to do in my life over here. Right? I'm not sticking around over here. Right? Asks, asks um, the, the Mephosh and they say, I don't understand. At the end of the day, the Rebotion told him to go. He told him to go. So if he tells you to go, you go. Would I have to ask my father no permission? So the Yisoyed is, the Yisoyed that the Muslims bring down it, is that in a Hanami, the Rebbe told you to go, and the Rebbe tells you to go, you go. 
Aber Derech Eretz is still have to ask. It's Derech Eretz. And sometimes we have to realize that. Sometimes we have to go to a chasna. Sometimes we have to go out. We have to do this. We have to do that. Whatever. From our parents, from yeshiva. All sorts of things. And it's the right thing to do. And it's a mitzvah. But Derech Eretz also tells us how to act as well. And that's a good one to give aside. What's it they say now? It would have persuaded him. One, two last things, Rabbi Yisrael. Two last things. And then we'll finish because I want to do them. Baruch Hashem. I'm hungry. Chav base. Right? Pasuk Chav base. Beautiful Yisrael. You should pick us. Ba'amarta al-pari koyama Hashem. Bini b'choyri Yisrael. Says Hashem pick us. What is, what exactly is going on over here? What, right? Moshe Rabbeinu was sent and this is what he says. This is my children. My children that I care about. And if Shishapinka spells it out so many times. And he says that you have parents, for example, that even when their child walks in and says, Dad, have you got time for a minute? I don't, I don't have time right now. I've got to, I have to send some emails. I've got a meeting soon. I've got to prepare. I don't have time right now. If Chas Shalom, that child, would come back and he would be broken ribs and he has to go around to the hospital. The father would drop everything and would just go and take his son and spend two weeks by his bedside to make sure that his son, you know, re- recovers. Or the same father, if he has money, would spend, you know, $20,000, $30,000 of money that he doesn't have in order to make sure his son has a beautiful chasna. Because parents do everything for their children. Whatever they can do, they'll do for their children because parents love their children. So it's an idea in our own minds of how much the Rebunshim loves us. And that's what's going on over here. When the Rabbanishlam is when Moshe Rabbein is quoting the Rabbanishlam, Bani, Bakhoyri Yisrael, these are my children. These are my dear children. Look after them. My Akoshbahu loves us in every way. Rabbi said, let me just end with one last thing in this week's parasha. I'll go back into Pasukhov. The Yikach Moshe's Ishtoi, the Esbono. Moshe Rabbeinu took one and his wife and took his children. We are Kivan Achamov Yoshav Aratzamitraim. Where'd he go? He went to Mitzrayim. Chazal tell us. That Moshe Rabbeinu said to his father, Yisra, I'm taking them to Mitzrayim. Yisra said, are you crazy? Everybody wants to leave Mitzrayim. You're going down to Mitzrayim. They don't need more people doing work over there. Why are you taking them there? I said, you have to understand. We're leaving. We're going to Sinai. We're going to Mechabal the Torah. Asks Rabbi Yashiv Zatzal. No. So take them, send them directly to Harsinai. Well, I'll meet you there. I'll go to Mitzrayim. I'll get it. I'll get them out. I'll meet you over there. Why bring them into Mitzrayim? I'm welcome to a place of a place of all the slavery and everything. Says Rabbi Yashav, the Kavaldigi Yisoit. Kavaldigi Yisoit. He wanted his children to see with their own eyes the suffering, the pain of Klal Yisrael. Because in order sometimes to be able to associate yourself with people, you have to understand where they're coming from. You have to know what they're going through. And therefore, go, and then to, oh, the only way to be able to associate yourself with them is to first go to Mitzrayim, see how they're suffering, see where they're holding, and then eventually take them to the Geula. Rabbi Sai, a great subscribe for everybody to come, for coming. It's a wonderful, wonderful Shkayach, and have a wonderful sh-